Welcome to another episode of Conversations and Connections. We're the official podcast of the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. I'm Stuart Burson, the prevention coordinator for the agency. And probably this is the furthest we've ever been so far to uh, on the road to, to do a podcast. We are in Sabine County, close to Hemp Hill. And with me today, I have Cynthia Entz. She is... Uh, a LPC, a licensed professional counselor in this area. And with um, October being Domestic Violence Awareness Month, one of the things that I was wanting to do is is visit some of our rural communities and talk to the people there about domestic violence in their area and in their experience with it. Um, Cynthia, first of all, thank you for uh, being gracious enough and a good sport to uh, to let me come all the way over here. Sure. I can probably throw a rock and hit Louisiana. Probably can <laughs> So, um, so Cynthia, uh, tell me a little bit, first of all, just about your background. Um, uh, you're an LPC. Some people may not know what an LPC yes. is. I throw it around like everybody should know. And I guess right. I, I need, right. so a licensed professional, professional counselor, what does that, what does that mean? Oh, well, it means that I'm licensed to do therapy with families and individuals and through the state of Texas. And uh, I have a background in education, a lot of years, um, working as a teacher, and I went back when uh, my children were older and got my LPC. Okay. And uh, and I, uh, I've been in business, I guess, since about 2013, I started doing uh, counseling work. And uh, started. I went away to Austin for a couple years and started uh, working in private practice, and I enjoyed it. So I came back home to Sabine County and up in my own practice. Nice. Okay. Uh-huh. And I don't mind uh, the, the shameless plug. We're actually at the Purple Pig Realty. That's, That's your right. husband's That's business. That's my husband's real And so you pra- do, you, do you practice yes, out of here? Yes, my office is inside this building. Okay. So. Okay. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whenever I was setting this up, I was talking to uh, Cindy about some of the things we, you know, we were wanting to talk about. And, and again, I appreciate her uh, letting me uh, come all the way out here to talk to her. Cindy, I guess one of the first things I want to ask is what type of situations do you see in your practice related to relationship violence? Um, and we'll get into in, in rural communities, but uh, I guess, first of all, do you see a lot of clients that are in these situations? Yes, I see a lot of clients that have this situation. Um, it is a myth that it's just something that happens in the big city. Right. Um, research shows that it is just as prevalent in the country as it is in the cities. Right. So per per population, you know, per amount of population. So it's, um, it's a very common thing that happens. It is... Many of the relationships start out um, with the abuser being a, a perfect type partner, and uh, and they kind of develop over a while, and they become very um, uh, power hungry and abusive towards the the person that they have married, and uh, this this causes a lot of problems in the marriage. Um, they may attempt to try to control the money in the marriage. Uh, they'll, they may try to start telling their partner what they can wear, what they can't wear, who they can see and who they can't see. A lot of times they try to limit them from being around others. They want to control them as much as they can. And they try to, um, their circle of friends becomes smaller and smaller. 
And I'm glad you said that because I think a lot of times when people think of domestic violence, it's not just the physical violence, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and I like also that you mentioned the, the financial abuse because mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people realize that. I know uh, at the Family Crisis Center, sometimes we'll have victims uh, come in and they may have gotten married at a very early age and they do not have any experience managing money, credit cards, mm-hmm. a bank account, or, or anything like that because it's always about that power and control mm-hmm. uh, that the perpetrator has mm-hmm. over, their, over their victim. That's right. That's right. It's a lot of uh, power and control and it's... Uh, it's uh, it's it's a real a thirst for power and control. It's uh, and a lot of times the victim has grown up in the same type of environment, and sometimes they don't recognize it as being abusive. Sure. And uh, a lot of times they've grown up without a voice. They may have had a mother that was very passive, and the mother catered to a man that was overly controlling. Mm-hmm. And if if the woman um, tried to speak up or want to tell the dad about something, they would uh, were oftentimes hushed up um, because they, the mother did not want them to cause any problems and get the father angry. So they grew up learning that they had to try to keep peace and try not to speak up at a lot of different circumstances. Right, right. So, you know, I want to go back, you know, you mentioned about it being a myth that things like this doesn't happen in, in rural areas. Do you find that people who live in rural communities feel that way with the attitude, oh, well, that kind of stuff doesn't happen in our community? Oh, yeah. They, um, uh, they feel a lot of shame and embarrassment about speaking up, and they worry about um, other people in the community finding out about it and, and their spouse's reputation being ruined. Um, so a lot of times they won't speak up. Mm-hmm. They, um, it could hurt their livelihood, you know, if, if their reputation um, became ruined, the, the abuser. So, um, and, you know, it's um, a very close-knit community, and a lot of people are relatives in the community. Sure, And right. so, you know, a, someone at the police department may be a relative of, of your abuser, whoever right. your abuser is. And so... Uh, that that keeps a lot of people silent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think also, um, you know, going back to the idea that a lot of people in the community think, well, this doesn't happen here. Everybody seems happy. One of the, our theme this year as the Family Crisis Center is things aren't always as they seem. And I think a lot of times, you know, you might have a couple that may be, lack for a better word, going through hell at home. But they're still going to present themselves out in public like mm-hmm. everything's fine. And people, you know, a lot of times that abuse isn't going to happen out in the open right. or out in public. And mm-hmm. it's going to happen in private. And so, again, I, you're, the, you're, you're the one that's educated in this field. But I think a lot of times um, people, oh, well, you know, everybody's happy around here. Nope, there's, there's no... The visible evidence of domestic violence or, or any type of uh, abuse, but you don't know what happens behind the scenes, behind no, you sure don't. at home. You know? And uh, one thing you don't think about about the rural areas is that there is a lot of hunters, and so seventy five percent of the households have quite a bit of guns. Mm-hmm. Um, in the cities, it's it's the statistics around twenty seven percent. So you had you add that threat to right. the 
to the violence, and that's a very dangerous situation. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Um, in, in your opinion, how important is it for kids and young adults to be educated on healthy relationships? And we were talking about this very thing before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's kind of telling you a little bit about what I do as a prevention coordinator, uh, talking, you know, going to the schools and talking to young people about mm-hmm. uh, healthy relationships. As a, an educated LPC, how important do you think that is to start at an early age to talk to kids about healthy, even healthy friendships, not just mm-hmm. uh, romantic relationships? Mm-hmm. I think it's it's so, so important. It's, it's, um, it's really integral to their development. And uh, um, some of the characteristics of healthy, unhealthy relationships are that one of the, both of the partners may feel like they're incomplete without the others other person and so that's why you see like um when a a couple breaks up that maybe the abuser will start stalking they feel like they just can't make it as an individual by themselves they feel like they're not complete Mm -hmm. and um you know you'll see that in friendships growing up and where you know maybe the the friend is jealous to have another friend come in so you want someone that in enjoys being with other people and and doesn't just have just you for a friend sure yeah they have lots of friends and um you you don't want someone that just relies on you totally for their happiness you want somebody that can be happy on their own too well and i always tell uh especially i guess starting at the teen years that you know a healthy relationship you don't that doesn't mean you have to spend 24 7 together all the time it's good for hey guy have a guy's night out with your buddies ladies have a girl's night out that is good you do not have to be joined at the hip and spend 24 days seven days a week with each other that's right it actually enriches the relationship the more um different types of relationships you're taking care of yourself by doing that kind of thing so and then um also you want to um stay away from people that are relying on you for their self-esteem. They need to um, realize that it's their responsibility to be happy and their responsibility to work on their self-esteem. And um, you don't want someone that their world just completely revolves around you. Sure. You want there to be some um, togetherness, but you also want separateness in a relationship. Um, And also... It's very unhealthy if the person starts not trusting you um, and always doubting what mm-hmm. you say. That's not a good relationship. And and, and it, also if they have an inability to communicate or they, um, they can try to control the other person's decisions and they make threats or manipulations to try to get them to do what they want. Um, also, they may say, um, if you try to address a problem with them, they'll gaslight you and say, uh, well, what problem? I don't see a problem. You must be imagining that, you know, and yeah, and they just totally exactly. um, don't listen to what you're saying and, mm-hmm. and they don't address it. They try right. to yeah. wipe it away. And then also... Uh, um, You'll, you'll, they'll limit your boundaries. Uh, I mean, they will try to put boundaries on you, um, and they'll deny. They want you to to not deny your needs to totally meet their needs. So yeah. Um, and then some of the healthy relationships, each partner is whole without the other. So if they have to be apart for a while, that's fine. They they can handle that. They know how to be happy on their own. 
um, and they're responsible for their own self-esteem and they communicate effectively and they accept a person for who they are and they want to see them grow and have other relationships and not just their relationships. They realize that the most important thing is they that their partner takes care of themselves, has other relationships besides that person. An unhealthy relationship, they'll try to even limit your time with your family. They, yep. they will not want you to be with your family. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So, you know, a statistic that we always talk about at the agency when we're talking to folks in the public is that it takes a victim an average of about seven times leaving an abusive yes. relationship before they leave for good. Uh, I'd like just to get your take on that. Why, um, why do you think that is? I think that that is very, that sounds very true mm-hmm. uh, from what I've seen uh, because I've had several clients that have taken about that many times. Right. Uh-huh. And um, I think uh, fear is a big thing. They're worried. Uh, that's when the, uh, it gets really dangerous when you start to try to leave. Okay. Um, and so, and also um, a lot of the, a lot of people are worried about their child not having a father figure in the home, mm-hmm. even though it's a negative father figure and probably not good for them to be around. They don't want them growing up without a father. Right. And so right. they'll they'll try. They think they're not being a good mother unless they try to make the marriage work. And when, you know, and society right. tells us that sure. they say try to make your marriage work. You know, so well, and I, I'm I'm glad you're saying these because yeah. I know a lot of times people who are not in the line of work that you're in or that even what I'm in, well, if it's that bad, just leave. How come they're going mm-hmm. back, or why don't they just leave? And That's I think right. people don't understand that some for a lot of victims, it's not as simple as just packing right. up your stuff and leaving. Right. They may not be trained in a job to so they can. Um, support themselves they they may try to blame themselves and think oh if i hadn't done something he wouldn't have gotten mad at me and hurt me um but um it's never okay to hurt someone when you disagree with them but they tell themselves it was their fault and they also um uh they there's a there's a cycle that they go through they start um the abuser goes through what's called the honeymoon period where they just kind of court the victim mm-hmm. and give them lots of attention, be really sweet to them. And then after that, the tension builds in the relationship. And then there, there's the violent incident that happens. And after the violent incident happens, uh, it goes back to the courting again. So right when the person may be thinking about leaving, the courtship starts again. Right. And so they're, oh, he's, he's really improved. You know, I'm going to stay mm-hmm. around. And I think sometimes for a victim, believe it or not, they may be abused and they may need to get the heck out of there. But I think sometimes they still maybe truly love their spouse still. Right. And they don't want to leave mm-hmm. because of because of the love. Right. That, and it's, um, you know, if you've been with someone for so long and um, you've, you've uh, lived life together, sometimes it's really, really hard mm-hmm. not to have those deep feelings. So, yeah. um and also the person may, uh, they may have experienced all of these things when they were younger and seen their mother stick it through and right. try not to leave. Sure. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, okay, so we're in just on the outside of Hempel in, in, in Sabine County, a very rural area. Mm-hmm. How, how do you think, or do you think it's harder for victims in rural areas to find the support they need? 
Um, you know, whenever I was reaching out to try to find a counselor, it, it was kind of tough to find counselors mm-hmm. uh, uh, in this area, in-person counselors mm-hmm. who actually practice here, you know, and I, mm-hmm. and I, I finally uh, got connected with you. Uh, but um, is, it, is it hard for um, victims or, or survivors of domestic violence to find support in mm-hmm. more rural areas? I think it is. Or help or just mm-hmm. even the community support maybe. Right, you know? right. I think, it, I think it really is because of the worry about um, rumors being passed around. If you try to go to get help, everyone knows everyone. Uh, a lot of people do know that there is a crisis center in Lufkin that they can go to. Um, but um, a lot of people just uh, are scared to reach out for help. They just don't want it known. In yeah, a small community. Sure, sure, so. and I, and I get it, and mm-hmm. I think at least now, um, or I can ask you this, and I don't want you, uh, if you may have an opinion of this, uh, having at least uh, online help is that better than no help at all to, sure. to talk to uh-huh. a counselor, even if it's online? Mm-hmm. Because whenever I was searching for counselors, I found a ton. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all you know online, 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 right. but. Um, I'm sure some people would prefer the the face to face conversation that they can have with yes. with a therapist in person. Yes, it it is. Uh, it's something that uh, that I started during COVID. I started doing online counseling, and uh, I've found that it's been a lifesaver to a lot of people that would not have gotten counseling, and they were so isolated during COVID that, that they would have not got it. You know, we closed down the office for a while, mm-hmm. but it, you, they wouldn't have gotten the help otherwise. And so, and, um, you know, video equipment is so, so good nowadays that you really do feel like you're sure. with them. So, um, I, you know, it, I think it does help them tremendously to right. seek out online counseling. So now that, I mean, knock on wood about the pandemic maybe being behind mm-hmm. us, are you still doing on, do you still mm-hmm. offer online Yes, I counseling? still do. And a lot of people like it better because, um, you know, they can, uh, it's so much more convenient for them. Right. And they don't have to, um, you know, people in Houston, they don't have to go fight the traffic. So they'll, they'll. Um, search out of online. I've I've got several clients in the Houston area. Sure. Right now, it's a good um, thing to prevent having to get out on the road and all that. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure that we cover, or are you are you good with what we talked about? Well, um, I just want to encourage everyone to realize um, that that there is help out there, and the Family Crisis Center will do anything they can can for you um, and they will help you get out of your situation. So uh, I would reach out to the Family Crisis Center and try mm-hmm. to come up with a plan for leaving. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing we do talk to uh, people about is encourage them to have a safety plan in mm-hmm. place uh, mm-hmm. to know what to do if mm-hmm. they do decide to leave. Because this is another thing, and you probably know this, Some one of the most dangerous times for a victim is immediately after they leave. Right. As far as their personal mm-hmm. safety. Mm-hmm. You know. That's so true. All right. Yes. All right. Well, Cynthia Entz, uh, LPC here in, in Hemphill. Cynthia, go ahead and give yourself a plug. If someone wants to uh, schedule uh, maybe an appointment with you, if they have some issues they need to work out, how can they get a hold of you? Oh, I'm on the Psychology Today website. And that's so, how that's how I found so you. You can find me there. And... Um, 
Um, also, uh, my private uh, line for my business is 936-305-7117. And that's Cynthia Ince is I-N-C-E. That's correct. All right. Cynthia, I, again, I really uh, appreciate you taking some time and letting me come out and Thank do this. Thank you. Thank you for coming out here. Um, if you feel like you need help from the Family Crisis Center, if you feel like you need our services, you can call us. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That number is 1-800-828-7233. And also be sure to subscribe to Conversations and Connections. You can do that via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, or pretty much any podcast service of your choice. And remember, as always, be the voice, if not for you, for someone else. <laughs>